come on, if you're singing that song like this, and I'm so happy, can't believe he's making us do this. I'm at church today because someone made me come. Guys, do you have joy in your life? You have joy because Jesus Christ saved your life. That's worth celebration. That's worth every dance, every shout, every song. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Now, for those of you who got tired and sat down, I want you to stand back up. I promise I will keep you standing. No, won't keep you standing the entire time. Let's go ahead and read our scripture since you're standing. I, we're trying a new thing here, so I'm hopeful that this is going to work. Did it? No? Go back. Yes. Don't you love it when things work? Praise God. All right, let's go. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, I thank you for the robust, robust way we just read that scripture. I pray, Lord, that we would get it down in our hearts, God. I pray, Lord, that we would, Holy Spirit would activate in our lives as we, uh, as we move and as we, as we talk to people, as we go about our lives. But Lord, in this moment, I ask, Lord, that you would speak uh, your word, bring clarity, Father. And Lord, as we, as we talk about the subject of joy and peace, Lord, may it just so, so ooze out of our pores because it's so in the depths of our hearts and spirits. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Would you stand? No. That's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, just so you all know, I don't see my notes back there, so I think you all are working on that, okay? Uh, but I know what I'm going to say, so that's okay. All right. Uh, we've been in a series, we started a series a couple weeks ago called Set Free, Set Free. And if you are a believer in this place, you have been set free indeed. You have been set free. You have been set free from sin. You have been set free from your former way of life, your former way of living. You have been set free from the false expectations that the world and other people place on you. You have been set free free. And scripture tells us, Paul is warning us, do not use your freedom to indulge or go back to those fleshly ways of responding to situations, those fleshly things that we tend to, to, to be drawn to, those fleshly things that are uh, just right in arm's reach. Paul is saying, do not use your freedom to indulge in the old way of living. You've been set free. You do not have to rub up against that old way of life. And anybody that I know that has truly been set free and knows that they've been set free experiences a joy that is unexplainable, experiences a peace that passes all understanding, and that is available to you today. That is available to you today. It's available to believers. And so we've talked about in, in, in the setup for being, uh, talking about being set free, we talked about, and John, uh, Jesus says this over in John chapter three, that flesh gives birth to flesh. 
flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. And so what, what comes into our life, whatever we're taking in our life, it will eventually come out of our life, right? And, and in Galatians, Paul is saying that our spirit and our flesh, they're contending against one another. There's, there's a war, there's a friction there. Has anybody, has anyone succumbed to something that you did not want to do? Never, just me. Okay. No, we are, we're in this, we're in this, like this wrestling match with our, with our, with our flesh. But here's the thing. The spirit of the Lord has given you every bit of strength that you need to overcome the obstacles that are before you. You have been set free. So today we're going to talk about joy and peace, joy and peace. We're going to talk about joy and peace. And my notes were there a second ago, and they're not there now, just so you know. All right. I love trying new things in real time. All right. So the fruit of the Spirit. So we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the things that we learned last week from Pastor Ronnie was that the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of a life walked by the Spirit. As we keep in step with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is in our lives, and it's the evidence by which we live our, we live our lives. And so today we're going to talk about joy, and we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about peace. Now, if you've been tracking with us for quite some time, you know that just several weeks ago, I did a whole message on peace. We were talking about God's favor, and we talked about His protection, his provision, and his, his peace. So I'm not going to, to major a whole lot on peace because we just talked about that. But what I've realized in my experience is that joy and peace really link together. Now, they're distinctly different, but, but, they, but they do link together. I don't know many people who have abundant joy in their life and they don't have peace. That usually doesn't go hand in. Usually, those, those two things are, are, are linked together. Uh, the, other, the other day, Sherry and I were talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and, um, and as we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we were talking about how it's often described. And so... Uh, Many of us, when we learned about the fruit of the Spirit, this is kind of how we learned it. We, we assigned different uh, attributes of the fruit to different types of fruit and that, that type of thing. But, uh, but really, I think a more accurate description would be that this is a fruit, and the characteristics of this fruit would describe this fruit. So this apple is red, it is round, it is crisp, it is juicy, and the characteristics describe the fruit. Just last week when Pastor Ronnie was talking about love, the first two characteristics of love that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is what? Patience and kindness, okay? Those are fruit of the Spirit, okay? So they have their distinct differences, but they're, they're, they're all fruit. They're all the same fruit. Does that make sense? And so we have access to this fruit, and it is evidence as it bleeds out of our lives if we keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I have said over the last couple of weeks, and my phone has been, been, been pretty busy, my calendar's been pretty busy because I've been connecting with you, we've had some people walk through some hard things in the last uh, several weeks. There's been some hard situations. And in the world's eyes, they would say, man, it is completely tone deaf for you to bring a message on joy and peace when everybody's going through things like they're going through. But that is garbage. It's exactly what we need to talk about in a season like this. And I believe in this supernatural uh, God who knew that on this date, at this time, we were going to be talking about this and you were stepping through what you were stepping through. 
And so today we are going to talk about joy and peace, and we're going to have a good time doing it. As a byproduct of this broken world, many of us are walking through, have walked through, or will walk through trials and tribulation. That is a part of the package of being here on this rock. We walk through trials and we walk through tribulation. And in the New Testament, in the book of James, we are assigned a response to when we go through trial and tribulation. And it is this. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when the clicker doesn't work. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. We are, we are told that we are to consider it all joy when we face trials of any sorts and any kinds. Now, I'm going to tell you, in my flesh and in my BC, you know what BC is, right? The last thing I want to do is grab a hold of joy when trials come my way. The first thing I want to do is fight back. The first thing I want to do is, well, I can't say some of the things I, want, I would want to do in my flesh. But James tells us to do something, and he would not tell us to do something if we were not equipped or prepared to do it. So in your trial and in your tribulation and in the things that you're walking through, you have been equipped and you have access to the joy you need to consider as you walk that thing out. You have access, if you are keeping in step with the Spirit, you have been given everything you need to have peace in situations that do not seem like you should have peace. God is always aware of your circumstances. He does not, nothing takes the Lord by surprise. He understands where you are, what you went through, who you went through with, went with, the person who said that thing to you. He knows all of these things. In fact, Jesus says something to us. He says this, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. This is, we're talking about Jesus's peace. I'm not talking about a manufactured counterfeit peace that the world tries to give you. We're talking about the breather of stars, his peace you have access to, and he has left it for you to have access to in the midst of your trial and tribulation. Here's my point. You have a choice. You have a choice. I'm reminded of the story in the New Testament about Jesus on the boat with the disciples. And the storm is coming, and it's big time storm. The, the disciples, the followers, they're, they're freaking out. And one translation says, Jesus was snoring on his pillow. <laughs> Have you ever been in a storm and you felt like Jesus was there snoring on the pillow, not paying attention to what's going on? And so they freak out. And they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what did you care about? Don't you care about us? And Jesus gets up. I imagine he rubs his eyes. Huh? What's going on? And he comes out of the boat and just in a few words, he calms the storm. And then he looks at those same disciples and says, where's your faith? Where is your faith? Don't, don't, don't fear. Where is your faith? You see, Jesus had a peace in the middle of the storm. 
and you have peace that you have access to in the middle of your storms. Here's the thing. Circumstances change. God doesn't. Your circumstances will change. The storms of life are going to look different, feel different, taste different. It's going to be all types of different things. But God never changes. He is constant. He is sure. You can count on him. He is a stable, firm foundation. You have a choice in the way you respond to when things happen to you. I'm reminded of, um, you know, I'm growing, ever growing, ever growing. And, um, you know, one of the things that causes me frustration is when I'm ready to walk out the door and I lose my keys or my wallet or my sunglasses and I can't find them. And I would like to say as your pastor, I just say, Lord Jesus, would you just give me a peace in this moment and, and help me to locate? No, I react out of my flesh most of the time, okay? Guilty as charged. And I get frustrated because I've got a plan and I wanna get to the place I'm trying to go and I don't understand why my keys are lost, even though it's probably my fault. And do you know that when I react out of my flesh, it affects the people who are around me? And so all of a sudden, my frustration is taken out on Sherry. It's taken out on the kids. And Sherry, without a beat, every single time looks at me and says, Kevin, don't worry. God knows where your keys are. God knows where your glasses are. We just need to pray and ask the Lord to tell you where it is. And so I walk away and mutter some things under my breath. And she prays. And within 30 seconds, she has them. And she comes up to me and she smiles. Here you go, have a great day, dear. Every single time. Now you would think a mature Christian like me would take a beat from my wife and the next time I lost something, I would be like, Lord Jesus, let me try this. Would you? No, I've learned to ask Sherry because God answers Sherry every single time. The point is, is that you have a choice in how you respond to frustration, to anger, to being mad, to things not going your way. You have a choice and you can change the way that you have been responding. Your responses do not have control over you. You have control over your responses. And the person sitting next to you is very glad I'm saying what I'm saying right now. Because the person sitting next to you has been a product of your frustration and angry moments. And they want you to change. Now, they're sitting there still not saying anything. But in their mind, they're saying, praise Jesus. Please change them. You have the ability to be changed today and change your your responses. Part of the way that we have those knee-jerk responses has everything to do with what we're putting into our lives. Now, I have another flaw. This is not reveal Kevin's flaw Sunday, but I'm gonna tell you another one. Um, It's a fun flaw, though. I like it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you have any of those. I shouldn't do this, but one of the things I like to do is I like to startle people. Uh, and I, I shouldn't do it. You know, no, no one in my life that I've startled has ever looked at me and said, that was so much fun. But I enjoy it every single time. And uh, one, of my, one of the people I, I love to startle the most is Vonda Coble. She is one of my, she's one of my favorite, favorite people 
to, to startle. And one time we were at the school and I startled her and she reacted and she grabbed my arm and she pulled me to the side and she said, Kevin, I have to tell you something right now. She said, Kevin, I have been living for the Lord for a very long time, but I also have a BC life. And we are here in front of children. And I want to know what you expect me to do whenever my BC comes out in response to your startle. And I said, Vonda, I have two words for you, pop quiz. <laughs> and Vonda, A plus every single time. So far, A plus, you're doing well. You have a choice in how you respond, but you also have a choice in what you let into your life. You have a choice on what you let into your life. So if you don't think you have control of how you're responding, you might evaluate what things you're letting inside your life. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, your flesh wants you to be happy. Flesh wants us to be happy, 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 happy. Do you know that happy is very temporary? Happy is very temporary. In fact, happiness, come on, people. Happiness is temporary. Joy is everlasting. Happiness is temporary and joy is everlasting. J.D. Stollinger, writer of The Catcher in the Rye, says this, the singular difference between happiness and joy is that happiness is a solid and joy is a liquid. The happiness that we have in our life is, is kind of like a solid. It just kind of is there and it can go away and it can, it can actually grow old. You can, get, you can get tired of it, but joy continues to flow. Joy is an everlasting, it's an eternal, it's a spiritual uh, 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 care, uh, a thing that we're able to, to, to grab a hold of. And, and, and so somebody might say, well, you can't be happy with joy. No, with joy, you get both. With joy, you get to be happy also, but happiness does not necessarily equate to joy. Happiness dissipates, it, it goes away, it, it, it's momentary, it's very temporary. And the best that the world can offer you in terms of joy is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. And when we keep in step with the Spirit, we understand that when you've been set free, you can have joy in the midst of your trials and peace in the midst of your pain. Amen. And I don't know, there might be people here, I'm sure there are. In fact, I know there are people going through pain. Some of you may be going through trials and you have access to joy and peace in the midst of those circumstances right now, today. Trials and tribulations are meant to disrupt your peace, but you don't have to allow those things to disrupt your peace. What we tend to do when we face trials and tribulations, when we rub up against that chain uh, that we're so often you know, attracted to, we tend to make people the issue. Guys, people are not the issue. We, we, uncovered, we, we covered this a few weeks ago. Ephesians 6 tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood. But here's something else that I've realized this week that's even probably more dangerous. Not only do we make people issue, we sometimes make people the solution. And this might be a good time for me to echo Ronnie's, Pastor Ronnie's challenge to us yeah. to spend more time in the word than we do with the news. Yeah. 
Because there's no person out, there's no government official, there's no authority, there's no newscaster that's going to give you anything that sustains your life and changes your situation. The only, situ- the only solver of your situation, the only solution is God. The only solution to your problem is God. And we become so weak when we look everywhere else except for him. When we chase anything else but the Lord, we become weak. Over in Nehemiah, there is this verse that we like to throw around as Christians that says, the joy of the Lord is your, is your strength. And in context, the, the, the wall had been built and the Israelites were carrying guilt and shame. And Nehemiah comes around and he says, listen, the joy of the Lord, the mercy and grace of the Lord has covered you. You can enjoy the presence of the Lord. But a few years ago, when I looked at this, because I would go through moments when I felt weak and I would have Christian, you know what Christianese is, right? I would have people come up to me and say, well, Kevin, the joy of the Lord's your strength. The joy of the Lord's your strength. The joy of the Lord's your strength. And I'm like, am I supposed to like pretend I'm joyful? Am I like supposed to like just smile? Here I am, you know? I'm like, this does not, I'm like, so I went to the Lord, go figure, he would have the answer. I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, help me with this because I don't, and I understand that feelings are feelings and choices are choices, okay? So sometimes they don't work together, but I'm like, Lord, I don't, I'm supposed to experience joy. And he said, Kevin, it's not the joy of Kevin is your strength. It's the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I said, okay, Lord, well, well then tell me what brings you joy? And he said, obedience. Because he said, obedience is the pathway to presence. And he said, I most enjoy myself when my children are in my presence. So when I read that scripture for me, when I'm going through a moment of weakness, I have to check myself and say, Kevin, are you walking in obedience to the Lord? And when I walk in obedience to the Lord, then my strength begins to come because I know that I've got an opening to be in his presence. And he carries me. And I've realized that in the moments of my weakness, a lot of times they're tied to disobedience. And I'm in the moment of disobedience and all of a sudden I want him to give me strength, but he's like, I don't have strength to give you because I'm not part of your joy right now. Obedience is the pathway to presence. So we draw strength by walking in obedience and keeping in step with the, with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit. Paul ends this chapter in Galatians 5 by talking about keeping in step with the Spirit. Some of you have grown weary because you have backslidden. We, and the funeral that was here on Tuesday, the pastor was talking about backsliding. Uh, and he was talking about what goes with backsliding. But he also said, I want to talk to you a minute about forward sliding. Now, backsliding is running away from the Lord. But forward sliding, which I believe a lot of Christians succumb to, is getting ahead of the Lord, getting ahead of the Spirit. So you may be in here and you're like, Kevin, I'm not actively engaged in sin. I'm not, I don't, but man, I am weary. I am worn out. I am, my capacity is very strong. And and I've gone to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I, I feel like I'm doing everything you've asked me to do. And he's saying to you, yes. These are things that I've asked you to do, but I haven't asked you to do them right now. I want you to keep in step with me, says the Lord. 
Not all good things that you are doing mean that they are God's timing at the moment. God may be preparing your heart to take on a task down the road that you're not supposed to carry right now. His word says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That means that Jesus should be doing the heavy lifting in your life. And if you are weary and you are worn out in the vein of ministry, in the vein of doing things for the Lord, then I caution you that you are not keeping in step with the Spirit and you wonder why the fruit is not evident in your life, though everything you're doing has ministry attached to it. We must keep in step with the Spirit. And so we often examine the fruit of the Spirit as evidence of a life that is moving in the Spirit, keeping step in the Spirit. But guys, I don't know that we take it the next step because the, yes, the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of a life lived by the Spirit. But what we fail to understand sometimes is that the fruit is meant to be enjoyed The fruit of the Spirit is meant to be enjoyed. We're not supposed to just be spectators looking and hoping fruit pops up. When that fruit comes, you're supposed to pick it and eat it. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be ripe and and it's supposed to bring bring pleasure. Now, I understand that there are people out there that take platforms in church. I'm going to chew this apple. (laughs) Take platform. And their platform is that we are to be suffering for Christ. We're supposed to be persecuted for the kingdom. We're supposed to be taking up our cross. We should be lamenting at every juncture. And let me tell you, there's biblical precedent for all of that, okay? There's biblical precedent. But guys, I'm telling you, while there's biblical precedent for that and there are moments and seasons for that, I also have a Jesus that says, I came to give you life and give it to you to the full. We have a God, we have a Jesus that said, like I've already referenced, my yoke is easy and my burden is life. He said, do not be afraid because I have overcome the world. That Jesus to me should cause us to sing songs that say, open up the doors and let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing. Songs that bring you hope, songs that bring your joy. Dancers who dance upon injustice. Who is attracted to a Jesus when somebody's walking around, they say, I got Jesus in my life, but man, I'm just miserable. I'm just miserable. I'm persecuted for Jesus. I'm just miserable. Would you like some food? No, I don't, I don't need your hot piping food. I'm going to go eat this mush over here because I'm suffering for Jesus. Now, if God has told you to do that, that's another whole thing. That's another whole thing. But most of the time, We are in the chains of bondage of what our mind and the world has defined as suffering for the Lord. And the enemy is having a heyday because you're not experiencing the joy that Christ has for your life. He has abundant joy for your life. The fruit of the Spirit is meant to be enjoyed. Our lives, I believe, should look like this.
Now you, <clears throat> now, now you might be wondering, what were you all laughing at? And the answer is, I don't know. But as I watched you watch that, I saw so many of you begin to smile. You began, some of you even, even laughed. Joy is infectious. Joy is infectious, and the fruit of the Spirit should be enjoyed not just by yourself, but by the people around you. If I cut this apple open at the core, what's in the middle of this apple? Seeds. The seeds of the fruit of the Spirit should be planted around so that they can take root in other people's lives and they can sprout up, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. People will come to know him by the way we live our lives, by the way we respond. And I'm telling you, I would never be attracted to a Jesus that was not laden with joy. I'm just telling you guys. I've got enough, I've got enough uh, non-peace in the world. I've got enough misery in the world. Give me in a Jesus that's attracted by the way you live your life because you actually believe what you say you believe and you actually live the way that you say you believe as well. I want to surround myself with people who know how to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. I believe wholeheartedly that I am a Christian today. I'm a believer today because of the meek family, because of the way they just drew me. They drew me in because I was so, I so desired the Jesus that they had. I'd never had it presented to me that way. And you know what they did? They just lived their lives. They just lived there. I remember the first time I went over the Meeks house. I was a weird teenager. And so were you. And, uh, but, but I remember the first time I went over the Meeks house, I went in and I would not even take a cup of water. Margaret offered me, she was like, do you want a glass? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I sat in a corner and I just watched everything. You know why? This is what was going on in my head. I don't want to lose this. I don't want to do anything to mess this up. This joy, this is like, could this be real? Is this actually what people, how people live? This is, this is outrageous. And I was drawn in. I was drawn in. And I was attracted to the Jesus that was inside them. Guys, you have the ability and the opportunity to do the same thing to a dying world. We're not supposed to just come into this building and smile and be joyful and then go right up here to the gas station and cut people off and not smile and not engage people. I mean, what do you think? My goodness, your fruit should be available for others to enjoy. And your joy should be, have you ever gone to like a restaurant and the server, somebody just looks mad as all get out? Have you ever attempted to laugh with them or engage them and all of a sudden they kind of they change? It's because joy is infectious. It's because joy is infectious. And so I've got some people, I could put 50 people up here, 100 people in this church up here, but there are, there are a few people in my life that have really um, influenced my life, affected my life because of the way they carry their joy and their peace. One of the first people, Will Severe. I've known Will, I think, almost a decade. And Will, in my life, he is just such an example of the combination of joy and peace. I have seen him go through, I'll, I'll be talking to him and I'll come at him with something that really doesn't matter. You ever, you, have you ever started a conversation and you start to say something and then they give you a piece of information like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said what I just said. Okay, a number of times that's happened with, with Will and me because Will will say, well, I don't, this is a, a made up example. Well, my house flooded. 
And I will just have said something, you know, bizarre right before that or whatever, but he's like, but, but God's on the throne. God's on the throne. And, and Will has been such an example of joy and peace and trials and tribulation and, and all of those things. April Davis. April Davis, you know, I, she, ta- she, she jokes up here, you know why she has a job? It's because she makes me laugh. <laughs> she, she makes me laugh. At 6 a.m. in the morning, texting me, good morning, God is good. She, she, is, she is just a ball of joy. She is a wonderful, wonderful example of joy. Uh, I've known this one for, uh, well, I wasn't supposed to give you. I've known this guy for a long time. All right, Will. There we go. Arwen Jones. Known her for a, a little over two decades. Um, one of the things that really impacted my life that Arwen said to me once is she said, Kevin, the world around us could be such at peace and all together, but if Jeremy and I are not at peace, then it doesn't matter. But on the same token, the world around us could be falling apart. But if Jeremy and I are at peace, it doesn't matter. Constant exuding joy and peace. Vonda Coble. Vonda Coble. You can't walk up to Vonda without smiling. You can't walk up to her. She just, she just exudes the joy of the Lord. James Jansen. I'm convinced that if a Mack truck was heading toward James Jansen, he would stand there and go. (laughs) He just laughs about absolutely everything. And I love it. It's infectious. I love spending time with these people. Now, this next group of people are miserable. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, no. But... These, these people, man, and, and there's many of you like this. These people have impacted my life because of the Jesus that they have. Now, are these people perfect? No. Are they a mess? Yes, especially Vonda. They are, they are a mess. Do they have hard time and tribulations come out? Absolutely, 100%. But you know what all of these people have in common? They keep in step with the Spirit. And you know in order to keep in step with the Spirit... They have to be in God's presence. And guys, let me tell you, what do we find in God's presence? You find the fullness of joy. You find the fullness of joy in his presence. Joy is found in eternal things. And because of Jesus, the most precious eternal thing that we have is the joy of being in relationship. The most precious thing that we have that we we can celebrate is joy in being in relationship. Jesus Christ came to reconcile us to his father, but he also came to reconcile ourselves to each other. And so we have great joy. We have great joy. Joy, guys, we're going to fix this by next week. Thank you. Patience. We haven't talked about patience yet. That's next week. I have abundant joy in the relationships that I have with you. I have abundant joy that I'm able to taste the fruit of what God has done in your life, 
that the spirit of joy and the spirit of peace is evidenced in the people that I walk around with. Happiness has nothing over joy. Joy is everlasting and it is eternal. And even above that, even above all of these people that I, and you guys that I get to spend time with, come on out here, guys. Come on out here. Come on. Come out here. Come here. These ones bring me joy. Great joy. And what the world wants to do is to convince me that it has something better than the joy that I can experience in relationship with you and with my family. Those chains want to hold me down and pull me away. The vices of the world want to pull me away and say, this is more important than this right here. But when we keep in step with the spirit, then we are able to make sure that we are making the right choices, spending the time in the right places, experiencing the fruit of joy and peace in our lives. And so we can have access to this joy and this peace. Would you guys stand with me this morning? One of the things that really bolsters my joy, and if you're a parent, you'll understand this, is when my kids keep in step with the Spirit. It's when my kids decide that Jesus is the Lord of their lives and that they are unashamed to proclaim him.